Well, can we please talk about the UFC for about 10, 15 minutes? Most specifically, some of the bets that are placed on UFC Vegas 32, which was headlined by obviously the return of TJ Dillashaw and Corey Sandhagen. Uh, there are various decent fights on that. I'm going to do a quick wrap up of the news as well. Have a bit of a laugh at a couple of things. There is some funny shit out there. Say what you will about Conor McGregor. Like, he, he's, he's always good for a laugh at this point, isn't he? So, uh, yeah. Anyway, the wrap-up for UFC Vegas 32. Now, this was an uncharacteristically good night for me, betting-wise. Uh, now, I didn't watch it live, and that was a shame, because I'm going to get into that when I uh, look at the last of these bets, because I kind of wish I had a live cash-out. I'm not going to lie. So, um, Miranda Maverick took on Macy Barber. That was a flyweight uh, women's fight. Now, let's be perfectly fair. The judges got this one wrong. Now, I have money on Macy Barber. Right? I, I should have been way biased towards Macy Barber. But I don't really understand how the judges gave her rounds one and two. And I'll be honest, it was a bold strategy from Macy Barber to drop the first two rounds, well, I thought fairly convincingly, to come on strong in the third round. It seems like she that was what she was trying to do. It's like, well, if you're not going to finish the fight, you're still going to lose the fight two rounds to three. Maybe she do something we didn't. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, because... I don't know how the judges really scored that one. I don't know how they justified their scorecard, but it might be nice to see how they justify that one. I mean, I guess maybe the second round was close-ish, but I, 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 don't know. I don't know. I'm not a judge, but I'll take a win. I'll take a win by hook or by crook. And uh, look, Maverick, she, she still looked really good. She did gas in the third round, though. So, you know what? Maybe she should work on her cardio. Because if, if she'd have gone in real strong and looked great in the third round as well, then we wouldn't be having this conversation about how the judges got it wrong, would we? So, anyway. Uh, I'd expect Barber to now jump Maverick in the rankings uh, to rank 12 or so. So, um, Andrea Lee needs a fight. Andrea KJB Lee or KJ... KGB. Andrea KGB Lee. God damn it. How did I get that wrong? Uh, yeah, I think that's a fight that makes sense. Uh, Andrea Lee needs a fight as well. Uh, Macy Barber's a pretty big name. They're both relatively big names when it comes to the women's division. So I think that one makes sense as a matchup. We then had Mickey Gall. Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey, he made his comeback at um, UFC Vegas 32. And actually, I don't know if I just didn't notice it before or if it's a new thing. But his theme tune is fantastic because obviously he comes down to the Hey, Mickey, you're so fine but then it like does a remix into the sopranos theme tune because he's like a jersey boy um yeah love that uh mickey gall looked fantastic uh, i thought you know what the, i had five to one on the submission i thought that was easy money and it really was because he looked comfortable on the feet like he was knocking him down and then he then that rear naked choke it was just it, it was academic wasn't it like there was no way he was getting out of that um now another unranked, unranked Low opponent should be next for Mickey Gall. Gall is currently ranked 60, but I imagine that will be higher uh, when they refresh the rankings. Uh, Claudio Silva, um, Lyman Good, they both need a fight. Uh, either of those would do. You just give them another unranked guy so that you can push him up in the rankings, get him, get him a win streak together, and then see what's next for Mickey Gall. Then we had Nasruddin Imovov against Ian Heinish, 185 pounds. That this one was a good fight. Um, Imovov. I did say he was he was one of the underdogs I was really picking because look, he, at the end of the day, I really like Ian Heinish. He's got a colourful past. Look into it. Dealing drugs, uh, Spanish mafia. 
the lot, right? He's a fucking exciting fighter and I enjoy watching him, but I did think he was going to have trouble here. Uh, Imovov comes from the same training camp as Cyril Gunn and you can really see the similarities in how they move and how they strike. They like He looked really fluid, really smooth. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who he fights next. Speaking of who should fight next, um, he was ranked 40 before. I would imagine he will be in the top 20 when they refresh the rankings. So... Uh, Brendan Allen or Omar Ahmedov, those would both be decent matchups, both kind of hovering in that top 20 region. And uh, then, you know, if he's impressive in that one like he was, it was a very impressive uh, victory at the weekend. And uh, yeah, we'll see if he can get another impressive win. He's going to be getting into the conversation for top 15, top 10. So uh, I look forward to seeing that. And then we had the main event. Now, this is where I want, I, if I was watching it live and it wasn't, I, it wasn't even on late. I don't know why I didn't watch it live. I watched it in the morning. I would have hit cash out so fast on my bet because I had Mickey Gall by submission because obviously I had to put a new bet on, like just to, for clarification, I had to put a new bet on because the um, Aspen Lad and uh, Macy Chase and uh, I can't remember what her name was, Macy something. Uh, fell out anyway so that fight didn't happen so I had to do another accumulator and I picked Mickey Gore by submission uh, Imovov to win Macy Barber to win and uh, Corey Sandhagen by knockout honestly I thought one of the safer parts of that bet would have been Corey Sandhagen by knockout and uh, yeah if, I, if I'd have had the option I'd have cashed that out anyway uh, but I didn't and you know what I was already counting my money by the time this fight came on because I thought this one was one of the safer parts but you know what it was a very good fight and I don't like people like throwing the term robbery around it wasn't a robbery it was a close fight right at the end of the day the, the problem is Sandhagen he looked good he was and he looked like he could possibly get the knockout in round two but fair play to TJ he stayed in there and he kept the pressure on the striking was a lot closer than it looked the striking was very even in every round except round two and you've got to remember that the judges they don't have the fight metrics there so they, so if it looks even they're going to score it fairly even and then what do you score next answer octagon control and who had the most octagon control it was tj whether it looks good or not whether it's you know pretty or not he was he was controlling the octagon he was pressuring he was keeping sanhagen more or less where he wanted him for the most part i would say sanhagen's striking was more effective i mean look at the state of tj's face that's that's a given however damage isn't taken into account and until there is a dead heat in the striking and the octagon control. If those two things are an absolute dead heat, then damage gets brought in as a factor. And because it wasn't a dead heat, the octagon control clearly went in favour of TJ. That is why the judges scored it the way they did. And don't get me wrong, you can make an argument for both guys, right? That it was a fantastic fight, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, instead of second-guessing the judges on that one, the judges made far worse decisions throughout the night than that one, believe me. So anyway, uh, TJ, he was the aggressor for the whole fight, really. Sandhagen did a great job working backwards, but you know what? Those spinning attacks really let him down because he was throwing them far too often. He threw them too often and he ended up in compromised positions as a result. And I think that was a part of his downfall as well. Uh, that and TJ Dillashaw looking absolutely brilliant considering he's coming off of a two-year layoff and he, supposedly he's not on the juice anymore. You know, fingers crossed he doesn't piss hot this week. So um, Sandhagen was next in line for the belt. So TJ, he should get the winner of Sterling and Yan. He, that, that is the fight to make. What a story that would be, eh? What a redemption story. Uh, if not for the belt, Rob Font is the fight to make. It's, it's fairly easy when it gets to the top of the division. So in the news... 
Apparently, Steve Miocic is considering a move to One FC. He's, he's posting things on Instagram about you know when the One uh, FC on One FC's post saying oh, maybe maybe I should you know head on over. Now this begs a question. I don't think. I mean, he's obviously still under contract with the UFC, and good luck getting out of that and fighting in One uh, FC of your own volition. But would the UFC consider a trade? And if so, who for? Maybe. I mean. Like a big name by Stipe, like Stipe Miocic, maybe they could poach Rainier de Ritter, you know, the light heavyweight and middleweight champ who's 14 and 0. No, maybe he'd be willing to make the move. I mean, I get why Stipe is upset. Um, Stipe is already the longest US running UFC heavyweight champion. He's got the most title defenses. He really doesn't have anything left to prove in the UFC. So maybe a move to 1FC would be like, if he could capture the belt in 1FC, that would be a nice um, extra addition to his legacy. And I do get why he's upset. Uh, he, he thinks he should have the um, instant rematch. Um, but give, look, the thing is, which there is an argument for, but there's also an argument for, you know, you got sparked out pretty nastily maybe have a fight first i don't know like i said there's an argument for for both either way um the fact of the matter is they're doing cyril Garn versus Derek lewis next at ufc 265 and then the winner of that is going to fight francis and Garnu. so that does leave steve miocic out of the title picture at least for the short term then you've got jake paul he claims to be in talks with mcgregor for a big money boxing match now every time Connor loses, this fight becomes more and more of a possibility, doesn't it? You know, at the end of the day, I think that Connor is a good enough boxer to tune Jake Paul up. And if Jake Paul beats Woodley, then I would say the, Meg the McGregor fight is more or less a certainty to happen at some point. I think McGregor should probably try and get at him earlier rather than later, because the let's, be let's be fair, Jake Paul is just going to get better and better and better. Is he going to get good enough to beat Conor, Mag Conor McGregor? I that's a different question entirely. I maybe don't think, I think that that's maybe a skill level too high. But you know what? In terms of, not in terms of fight pedigree, but in terms of pay-per-view buys, the Paul brothers, they sell tickets. Conor McGregor sells tickets. Do you know what I mean? People would watch it. It would be a ridiculous set. They, they would all make money off of it, which is why I think, you know, money talks, bullshit walks. You know what I mean? This fight's probably going to happen sooner or later. Speaking of Conor McGregor, he's bloody tweeting and deleting again, isn't he? Look at that, he's just doing, literally, I'll bring it up here, he's got a whole string of tweets, right? And he's, you know, he's talking about, you know, Jolie, he's like, stay out of my DMs, bitch. I think, he's, I think he meant to say bitch, he's actually said butch. Now, um, yeah, like, so, he... It's all drunken ramblings, really. But what caught my attention was the comment where he's saying that jumping to a guillotine is not a takedown. So he admits, you admit, Connor, you were jumping to a guillotine. You were going for, dare I say it, a submission? Let's all just take a look at the quote from McGregor's interview with Stephen A. Smith. What were you doing going for a guillotine, Connor? Submissions don't count. By your very own definition, they don't count. So why the hell were you going for a guillotine when you don't even count them as a legitimate win? 
fucking, I love this guy. He just, he contradicts himself on every turn. People need to stop letting him do lines and drink beer and then put his phone in his hand. Someone needs to take his goddamn phone off him. If that even is him, it might, it might just be someone else on his account. But yeah, also, just on the on the topic of like the Stephen A. Smith interview, he sits there and he goes, my record is 19 wins and one loss. I only count knockouts. Well, Connor, if you only count knockouts, that means you've got 16 wins, not 19, because he, like three of your two decisions and one submission. Those don't count, right? By your own logic, those wins don't count. You've got 16 wins, two losses now. If you count the doctor stoppage. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, let's move on to Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week, there's some really good ones in here, actually. Uh, this one is in preparation for um, Peter Yan versus uh, versus Aljamay Sterling. Basically, no, people are saying that Aljamay Sterling's like, running scared and that they've edited the Friday 13th poster because it's taking place in October as well. And Peter Yan is Jason Voorhees and then uh, Sterling's hiding behind a tree like a little bitch. So they're saying that this should be the official fight poster. Uh, shout out to at GeezeFX for the for the little design there. That's it. That's a good one. I mean, thing is, I don't think it's necessarily... I, I think that Aljamain might win the rematch. That's my hot take anyway, but I'll get more into that when... Um, as and when the fight kind of gets a little bit closer. So the next one was <laughs> yeah, the title of this episode, actually. Uh, this is really funny. It's called Red Leg Redemption. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Red Dead, but it's just someone's literally done the cover of Red Dead Redemption when they put Carter's face on. And I, I don't know why. I just, I can't stop laughing at it. Uh, credit to Octagon Island for this one. Octagon Island, uh, Red Leg Redemption. Fantastic. Like, honestly, when I first saw that, I was laughing for far too long, for much longer than a grown-ass adult should be laughing at stuff like this. It, that is fantastic. Absolutely perfect. And next up, we've got, um, this is where basically they're talking about uh people watching glory and yeah here we go yeah so it's like yeah casual yeah this is the guy it's, it's like he's just always doing this it's uh so casuals i hate it when mma fights go to the ground so damn boring right strikers are way more entertaining than the guy who does just does the gesture it's just like glory kickboxing yeah there you go guys like at the end of the day if you don't like the ground fight and like there are options there are options for that. And then this next one I added just earlier on today. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Have I put it on here? I don't know if I have, but anyway, I think I've... Yes, there it is. So, um, yeah, this one is in relation to the Stephen Miocic kind of tweeting out that um, he's not happy. He wants to go to 1FC. Uh, if you've seen Jurassic Park, uh, Dennis Nedry... And uh, Dodson, the the guy, the other guy's name is like basically he's trying to sit undercover, and Dennis Nedry's like, hey Dodson, Dodson, we got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. So they've done a parody of that, right? They put Steve Amiotic's face over Dodson's face, and it's just like you've got Dennis Nedry going, hey everyone, Steve, Steve is threatening to sign with One FC. You see, nobody cares. It's fucking. Oh god, that is harsh. That is a harsh one, but oh, I might might be kind of true. I, when I saw it, I was like, "Huh? Who can they trade him for?" <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, that's rough, isn't it? No, because the thing is, I, 
Honestly, I just think it's that Stipe hasn't got anything to prove in the UFC anymore. So, you know, maybe he should try going to Japan, making some money over there, getting another belt to his to his uh, list of accolades and that is all we've got time for this week it's been it's been a good one it's been fun so uh, anyway the fight's coming up this weekend. Sean Strickland against um, Uriah Hall. That's going to be the main event. I'll be doing all my fight picks for that on Friday. The fight picks are on Friday. If you're a member of the Patreon, thank you very much. If you're a member of the Patreon, it is it means the world to me. It's hugely appreciated. And if not, you can still catch it here on YouTube and have fun, but you get early episodes and all bonus stuff if you head over to the Patreon. Um, if you enjoy the the content please like and subscribe and share you know if you've got mates that are into ma that might get some enjoyment out of this please let them know because you know i'm just trying to grow this thing see see where it goes do you know what i mean throwing some some shit out there and see what happens but until friday keep those odds long and those bets terrible